some ASMR for us as I open my Yerba Mod. <laughs> Have to turn to the tab to the side because that's how it works. Now I can begin. <laughs> so Shannon, I have, a, I have a question for you. Oh no, I was gonna have a question for <laughs> no. you. That's kind of funny. Anyways, hit me. Have you ever cried during sex? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so many times, like literally. <laughs> I remember there was this time where I was hooking up with this guy and I felt really bad because in the middle of sex, I literally just said, like I just stood up and told him to get out immediately and he was terrified he was like oh my gosh did you swing wrong and i just was literally like you need to leave and the second my door shut i was just bawling like crying shaking i've had times where i've been having sex with a partner like someone who you know i am physically intimate with actively and even with someone who i felt super comfortable with like i've just all of a sudden started shaking while having sex and like needed it to stop immediately but like that's like super normal, right? Like that happens to everyone, right? It's like chill. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. That happens to you too. So, you know, happened. It's happened a few times here, or there, maybe more often than I'd like to think. But that's just a product of trauma. Man. Hashtag sexual assault. Hashtag, hashtag sexual assault. Yeah. Um. I feel like that was kind of a big answer. I think Lauren, for you, I'm gonna have to really pull shit out of you. <laughs> Lauren yeah, does this thing. Hard, it's hard to get me to talk about that. Yeah, Lauren does this thing where, like, you know, something exciting happened, or like you remember, like, oh, she went on a date with someone, and then she just won't talk about it unless <laughs> you bring it up. Like, I have to literally be like, oh my gosh, wait, you found out that your father was alive or something, and <laughs> like, and you thought he was dead. This, this isn't a true thing, but this is just like you wouldn't even say anything because you're you're very um mysterious in that way okay well to be fair (laughs) that's because whenever i like (laughs) i like prance over to shannon's house like like, morning after anything happens and like like you just like want every single little dirty detail but i'm talking about like aside from just sex things like i'm talking all details of your life like important things that happen Sad, happy. I tell you important things. I know, but it takes a while. Sometimes I'm not mad. I'm just saying. It's just my brain processes You're quieter. slowly. So it's like ah, uh, this thing happened. But I need to take some time to process it before I share. Mm. You know. Mm. Yeah, we're just. That's good. That's probably healthier. But you think you do process though before you share? Because from my experience, <laughs> you just seem to. <laughs> share and then process seems delayed (laughs) it's super delayed something will happen to me and then i will process the emotional aspects of it about a year later and then all of a sudden wake up one morning and i'm like wow i'm feeling really fucking sad today (laughs) i have no idea why and then like be like oh maybe it's because of that one thing that happened a million Mm. years ago so you're like so you're a delayed processor but because you don't process things in the moment it still ends up impacting you later on yeah that's what i'm hearing well it's just like if something happens to you and you have any sort of like emotional reaction to it and instead of like actually taking the time to deal with it you just lock that shit up in a box and bury it deep inside your brain eventually it's gonna bite you in the ass because you're not dealing with it 
Right. And you're going to have to deal with it eventually. It's just a matter of when, not if. So if that's true, and you clearly understand this, like, do you think it'd be easier if you just started to, like, hunker down and process things right after they happen? I don't, or is that a problem for later Lawrence? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a future Lauren problem. I don't even think, like, I know how to do that. I think that, like, I've gotten better at that, for sure. Like, I've worked on that a lot, where it's, like, something happens. Oh, I'm feeling something right now. Let me just take the next 10 minutes to, like, sit here and feel this. I've gotten a lot better at that, but it's definitely hard, because, like, I think that having like very strong emotional reactions can be very scary for a lot of people, including myself. So like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna fucking push that shit away so that it doesn't bother me. And I'm gonna like pretend like I don't care or like it's not having an impact on me. And like, it's kind of just like, I would say a negative coping mechanism to deal with things. But I feel like I'm much more actively aware that I do that now. And so I don't like, I think I have an, a bit of an easier time processing information and processing emotional reactions to things and allowing myself to have the time to do that oh good lauren is growing <laughs> she's growing up she's growing up no that's good um i think there's also something to say to like separating you know like when something bad happens or traumatic or just something big and important in your life it's hard at least for me to not like really sit in that like it will affect my work it will affect school it will, well, I don't go to school anymore, but you know, um, <laughs> it will impact like when I'm spending time with friends, I'll be thinking about that thing. And so there is something to like being able to separate, like the boxes are not necessarily like a bad thing, but, and other, other things in life, like if someone dies, like you have to deal with that shit because frankly, I think other people don't give you a long timeline to deal with it. Like I think when like somebody dies, okay, and then your whole like friends, family, they're all like taking care of you and helping you out, and then a year later, it doesn't matter anymore. Like for you, you know, like oh, this person died, like it still hurts, but for everyone else, it's just like, well, why are you still on it? Like people aren't bringing you flowers anymore. People aren't saying like I'm so sorry for your loss anymore. People aren't saying hey, how are you doing since so and so passed away? Like people expect that your processing timeline is like super short, and so I'm kind of like shit, you got to take advantage of other people allowing you to process because if it catches up to you later, they might not give you the space to like process and like talk to them about it. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know if that made sense. No, that makes sense. Well, it's like basically what we were talking about before where it's like, oh shit, I was, I was sexually assaulted two years ago and now I'm sitting here like crying after I'm having sex with someone. Right. What the fuck? Like my, my mourning period is over like I like I should not be feeling this way I should not be like stressed or having an emotional reaction to this like I should just be fine because like this shit happened so long ago it doesn't it shouldn't impact me anymore like why am I feeling upset why am I feeling trauma and like all that stuff and that goes into like what I said before of like we like we hold trauma in our body and then we experience triggers that can like set off it's like not even like a like a mindset it's like an actual feeling you get like in your body right it's like really hard to explain but like you think like oh no like i should be all good like uh this you know it happened so long ago and then it's like these reminders of no like this is a part of your life Mm -hmm. it hurts you've learned a lot of ways to like heal and process and deal with it but that doesn't mean it's not still there 
And so then you end up like having to have these like conversations with people that like you're sleeping with or like interested in or you like because you know your like reactions to things are gonna like definitely vary from probably any of like their previously like previous sexual partners or things like that yeah um and also like i always felt like any time that I've had a sexual experience and had a sort of like flashback, any type of like shaking or whatever, um, I always am like mad. Like I get angry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how am I letting this person who raped me like have this much power over something that should be really enjoyable? Like why am I letting someone take away my current sexual experience because they like this other person raped me? Like that was always really frustrating to me. And I felt like, I've texted you before, like, hey, um, do you, like, you know, cry during sex sometimes? Do you, like, start shaking? Do you, like, start to feel numb? And you're like, yeah, I experienced that. But all of my friends that I know who have been sexually assaulted, which is, (laughs) frankly, a lot, um, which is really sad, but, like, none of them had really talked about, like, you know, you might really freak out in the middle of sex and it could be with someone you feel safe with it could be someone that's new it doesn't matter it can happen at any time and it just like makes me angry well i think like like what's so frustrating is that like even with people we are like very comfortable with it still happens like the last time it happened, like the last time I cried during sex, like I was, it was like with my boyfriend, and that was someone who I did feel safe with, in a physical regard, and like didn't worry about anything like that ever happening, and for some reason I still was just like, holy shit, like I've slept with this person, like thirty times, mm-hmm. you know, like I have done like all of this stuff, and I've like been like very in control or very like comfortable and like enjoying myself and all of a sudden one one random night you just like all of a sudden start crying in the middle of sex with someone you've had sex with a million times and it like doesn't make any sense in your brain and like you're just like sitting there and you're like crying and you're like I'm so sorry like I don't, I don't know <laughs> I don't so know sorry. why <laughs> you're like like you're like a sad little puppy you're just like sitting there with your head down and you're like I don't I don't know what's going on <laughs> and the men are like they're like oh my god like what did I do and you're like you didn't do anything <laughs> and they're like I need to know like I've experienced they're like well I need to know so that like if this happens again like I can avoid that I'm like no no no, no. Like, you can't <laughs> you can't it's like the fucking train is coming and you cannot you stop cannot it. Stop it does it. not matter like what position you're in or if you do something differently, like it will just happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That shit hits you like a train. All of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm having a great fucking time right now. And then five seconds later, it's just it's like, mm. yeah, I it's remember like slapping the face. You start crying, like, but not even like a sniffle. Like you're tearing up. You, I am like bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Like uncontrollably. Shaking. Like I can't breathe. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what can I do for you? You're like, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I had um, an ex-boyfriend say one time, like that he was having sex with this girl and she started crying during sex and he you know, consoled her a bit. It sounded like he said, you know, what did I do? Is there anything I can get you? But then afterwards, like the way he was talking about that previous 
previous experience was like, what the fuck was wrong with her? Like, what the fuck? And I'm like, dude, she might have been sexually assaulted at one point, or maybe she had just a bad day and like she got emotional during sex. Like, yeah, normalize crying during sex <laughs> and make sure your partner is okay. I mean, as long as it's consensual. Well, yeah, let's make that into a slogan. Right. Well, if it's sex, then that's consensual. If it's if it's not consensual, it's actually just like rape or assault. So <laughs> no I <way>, really. <laughs> Yeah. It's way. a crazy concept. Hey, I'm just saying, man, like, I didn't... I, growing up... Okay. <laughs> sex was not really a conversation at all in my household. Like, my mom, like, never brought up sex because I grew up in a really strong Christian household, and the whole thing was, you know, you're saving yourself for marriage. So the only things that I learned about sex were either through internet searches or health class and health class was very little about lack of consent. Like literally the only thing they said was, you know, if you have sex and you had said no, but like it happens anyways, then you were raped. Like that was really all they said the rest of the time and health class was really focused on, you know, STIs and wearing condoms and things like that. But so that was my only exposure to it. Right. And then because my parents never talked about sex and there was no conversations around it. It was just like, well, if you're not having sex at all, then you're never going to be put in a position where you might be raped because like, how would you even end up there? If you're not talking to a man, talking to a man, if you're not doing men, yeah, you're not talking to a man one-on-one. -on -one, if you're not allowing them in your bedroom, then like you're never going to be raped. So where, how did I get on this? <laughs> What were we talking about? <laughs> no idea. Oh. I don't know. I lost it. But that was my thought. That was the end of my thought. Hmm. I think it is interesting to think about how, like, culturally, how you grew up or how your maybe parents discussed or did not discuss sex could, like, impact how you view things later on. Like, for you, it's kind of like, well sex is not allowed in this household so like rape could never be an option because like <laughs> it's like a it's like a multiple choice like sex no sex rape or na like not applicable it's just like a, a not applicable it's not applicable <laughs> it's just an na <laughs> which i think is like it's interesting i mean like for me i i grew up in a like kind of christian-ish household like i don't i don't really know where we fall yeah, kind of went to church like, kind of yeah. when i was little but like I don't think sex was really, like... I never had, like, the talk, really. Yeah, dude. <laughs> My mom and me listen to tapes. There's these tapes, and they're like, you might get your period one day. I'm like... <gasps> she wouldn't even talk to me about it, though. Put on some fucking tapes and CD player in the car. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, never had the know, talk. Yeah, I just... Like, <laughs> one time... Well, one, I don't think my mom really ever brought up the concept of sex... Like, it, she just didn't really talk about it that much. Um, I later learned that she was kind of just, like, wanted to be oblivious. Like, you know, when I, like, hit, like, 16, 17, like, she, she knew I was messing around. <laughs> she was getting after it. And she was just like, I don't even want to know. Like, I just don't even want to know. Like, I don't care. Like, I just don't want to know. Um, but then there was, like, like, I think my dad was kind of the same way. I think this was really funny. I feel like my mom and my dad had, like, switched kind of like what you would say like, typical like mom dad personalities towards like their daughter having sex like mm -hmm. one time I was like 
making out with my high school boyfriend. That's gross. (laughs) It's so gross. And my dad walked in (laughs) and he was like really pissed. He like walks upstairs and like slams the door and I like, like fuck, okay. And like make my boyfriend leave. And I go upstairs. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't even know what to say right now. And my dad was just like, I know you're going to have sex. (laughs) Like, I know. And I'm 17 years old, okay? So I'm pretty young. And, like, he's like, I know you are. Just just don't do it when I'm in the house. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Instead of being like, I'm going to bring my shotgun out and shoot your boyfriend out. Which is, like, what you'd expect from a father who has an only daughter. Like, it was like, just don't do it while I'm around. Like, he was like, that's disrespectful. If I'm around, don't do it. (laughs) And then, like, that was kind of, like, I think the only conversation I had with my dad, which I think is normal. Like, who, like, what fucking daughter has conversations with her dad about sex? Like, it's not really the most normal thing. It's true. I actually could name some people who do, but (laughs) good for them. (laughs) You looked at me like it was me. It is not not me. It is not me. Um, But then my mom was always, like, a lot more concerned about rape and she would like vocalize that like once i like got to one know you know what i mean is that the right statement no sorry <laughs> oh my god i meant like you know when you've been sexually assaulted like you you're kind of a little bit more you know you're a little so bit more think that my mom was potentially interesting Sorry, the take one to no one thing was a big accident of words. <laughs> I just was trying to say, like, okay, whatever. Wait, I know what you okay, mean. Okay, I hope. Yeah, for, okay. That could be true. I've never actually really thought about that. Um, but she was the one, the parent that was more. Well, yeah, she was, like, a lot more concerned. Because, like, once I, like, went to college, you know, was 18 and go- going to be, quote, unquote, on my own. Like, she was, like, you know relaying all these sexual assault stats and like just really stressing how basically she just made it seem like college is unsafe and as a girl it is not your job to have fun it is your job to like survive (laughs) like hunting grounds these are well sorry that's the movie that is the movie she told me to watch that i did watch that and then she was just like yeah like don't go to a party by yourself like you have to really watch what you drink like cover your drink don't take a drink from a stranger like always be with someone like it was just always like you need to be alert you need to be like you need to watch the fuck out because like men i'm sorry no no no, boys yeah yeah they're like little like monsters like it was she was very clear about that like getting into college and that was when i was just like hmm like i don't really i don't know what sexual assault is and in my mind i'm not gonna ever put myself into a situation where that could ever fucking happen to me like me on my fucking high horse over here i'm like (laughs) no visible to sexual assault once again rape is not an option (laughs) it's not an option not in this house (laughs) i'm invincible like i literally thought that in my head like i like had no issues going to parties like i like had like I loved when guys would talk to me or like offer to get me a drink like I just like I loved the fucking attention like it never was something that like I really thought about or was worried about even after my mom saying all this shit to me like I was always just like no like I'm I'm gonna be good it's not gonna happen to me um I'm fine Fine. (laughs) (laughs) that's funny oh were you done we both said I'm fine yeah that was the end of my story oh uh I can't stop burping. Dude, same. 
I haven't even had any bubbles. To, I actually, this is my first caffeine. It's 8.15 at night, 8.16 at night, and I'm having my first caffeinated beverage of the day, which is crazy because I have coffee every morning. So that is crazy. What can I say? I'm transforming <laughs> to a new woman. I felt like I had a lot of trauma growing up. Okay, a lot of people die. I had my mom like got remarried really quickly because once. Your mother getting remarried can be dramatic. No, it it actually can. <laughs> you think it's not. It is. Let me tell you. When a man comes in your house and everything's different all of a sudden and you see your mom changing, um Shout out to my stepdad, though. He is really cool, and I do like him. Um, he's very nice. But at the time, it was traumatic. Anyways, so I had a lot of trauma. A lot of people died growing up. A lot of things happened. And so I kind of thought, you know what? I've cashed in all my trauma chips. Like, I, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Nothing bad is ever going to happen to me again. <laughs> yeah, I got to do a lot of car accidents, too. I was just like, I'm good. Like, if everyone in life had, you know, like this person will have three big traumas and this person will have six. And the, you know, it's just mine all happened within the ages of zero to, you know, 17. And I'm thinking like, I'm chilling, like I'm good. <laughs> and so, you know, there is this sexual assault stuff and I'm thinking like, that sucks. That sounds horrible forever that happens to you. But like, thank God it's not going to be me because I've already done my, I've paid my dues. <laughs> like, I've been through this other stuff. Um, but so there, like, and that's a, that's a real thought, like, that I had. Um, so there was that naiveness of, it's not going to happen to me, but it was also, like, it can't. Like, I've already been through too much for something else to happen to me. Um, spoiler, it did. I did get raped. <laughs> you um, actually have an unlimited number of traumatic experiences that you can go through in life. Um yeah, shout out to all those people who have never been through any trauma yeah, in their honestly. entire life. When someone is like, like I, I love asking people about like their childhood on first That's dates. So interesting. Yeah, like first dates, I'm finding out what your father did to you, what your mom did to you, who abandoned you, your deepest fears throughout childhood. Like I know that by hour one of dinner on a first date. Um, Doesn't she sound like a lovely date? One. <laughs> <laughs> But the thing is, is most of the time I could crank some good stuff out of people. Other times people would be like, honestly, no, my parents were great. They really supported me with everything I did. I talked to my mom every day. No one's died. No. I, and I'm like, huh? Why? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> and all I'm thinking is there's no shot that this person is emotionally mature enough to be with me because they haven't been through shit. No, it's true. It really is true. Like, good for them. And I, like, eventually they, they are, they are going to deal with some trauma and some bad shit and some sadness and, like... <laughs> you got some funk going on in your voice all of a sudden. Sorry. <laughs> um, but it is really hard when you are someone who have, has been through a lot and, like, we've been through a lot and then... Oh, yeah, we're related. <laughs> um, like, sorry. Let's... Re yeah. I'm Shannon. I'm Lauren. We're cousins. We are. Okay, keep going. Cool. We've been through a lot. We have been through a lot. A lot of family stuff, a lot of deaths, and then, like, also all this rape shit, sec like, just the whole shebang. Yeah. Trial. Some drug <laughs> stuff. Drug. <laughs> um, Some suicide stuff. That's death. Yeah. Usually it results. Usually. Not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. Um, 
we laugh about really fucked up things. That's just how we deal. So, um, yeah, I, I was in a relationship with someone who had never really experienced anything super bad or traumatic. And so they didn't, they did not have the emotional maturity that I needed in someone. And they did not know how to really be there or like show up for someone who has like been through what I've been through. They tried, they did, but like at the end of the day, they could never be on my level. They could never relate. And so there was always a disconnect where like when I was feeling really upset or when I was feeling really triggered, they were just like, what the fuck's going on? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, like yeah, I get it. The, they're, they had like an inability to have empathy towards like all this shit because they had no way of relating like at all on any level. And so it was just like constantly like, oh, I need support but you can't, you don't show up for me the ways that I need you to. And so, although like, I'm so happy for those people who have not been through stuff, yeah. it's really, really hard to like have a, I would say like a successful, at least like romantic relationship with people like that. And even friendships, like my strongest friendships, like we're, they're so strong because we have trauma bonded. Like we have done <laughs> it's a different so time much. Of trauma bonding than yeah. the, the technical term. Well, hold on. Let me rewind. Um, because so that was Lauren's ex-boyfriend who really didn't have a traumatic childhood or things like that whereas like my current boyfriend he hasn't had like really any death in his family and if he has had death it's been like pretty distant members or people he wasn't close with not a lot of trauma there but he is wickedly emotionally intelligent yeah. and so you know you have two people who grew up in healthy households with parents that love them with very small amounts of trauma. I'm not saying they haven't gone through something, but just, you know, trauma. <laughs> the trauma meter is lower for them, you know? And then one person ends up incredibly emotional, intelligent, hasn't really been to therapy much. The other one ends up emotionally dumb. Sorry, no offense to your ex, but emotionally not a lot of emotional intelligence going on there. Like, how does that happen? Why does a similar upbringing end up in? Yeah. I yeah. think, well, I think that like a lot of, I'm not a psychologist. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything, but this, yeah, this is my hypothesis. <laughs> my hypothesis would be that one, it could be like parents, emotional responses to things. Like if you have like very highly emotionally intelligent, emotionally mature parents, and like that is your threshold, like, that is what you grew up with, that's what you saw, that might help you then, like, grow up with that as well, mm. and, like, bring that into, like, the relationships you're in more often, or it can just even be, like, intentionality, like, oh, yeah, like, I haven't been through a lot of bad stuff, but, like, when my friends come to me, I'm gonna really listen, and I'm gonna do everything I can to try to understand what they are dealing with, and, like, so I think that your boyfriend has like all like those qualities. I mean, I don't know what his parents were like, but he's like so intentional. Like he asks questions, yeah. he listens as like, he's such a great listener. And like, he wants to understand you to the best of his ability. Whereas like for me, like my ex didn't even want to hear about the bad shit. Like he didn't even like, he's like, I don't want my friends coming to me with like bad stuff that they've gone through. Like, I don't want to hear that. That's just going to fuck up my sad. day. Yeah. Yeah. And so he didn't, it's not like he was really listening or having that intentionality, like, aspect to be able to be more emotionally intelligent and more emotionally mature. 
like I think that was just lacking altogether. Also, that kind of the way you explain that kind of sounds like it's just completely boils down to being selfish. Yeah. Like if you don't want to take the time to hear about the struggles of other people, like the struggles of close friends and you just don't want to hear about it at all. Like, what does that say about you? How much do you care? Yeah, like how much do you people? really care about them? Yeah. Like you're you're there with them in the good times and when that's sitting it. in a circle drinking beer, laughing, but what about when homie's mom has cancer? Like but then you don't want to hear about it. Like you don't want to be there for them, you don't want to support them and show up. Yeah. And I also just wonder like how much like how unfulfilling is that? I'm not saying that I am the greatest person to ever live. Um but I, I take pride in knowing that like when a friend comes to me and I'm able to listen and give advice and be there for them, like that feels good to me. Like that feels like I am nurturing a relationship that I care about. So, you know, if you're not nurturing those relationships, what's gonna happen? Like, are you just not gonna have any or are you only gonna have relationships with people who are just like you? Yeah, probably because like you're going to end up being with someone who also won't share anything real, you know, and that's going to create a very like service level. Yeah. How do you marry I'm, someone like that? I don't know. Like, how could, I, don't, I don't, I don't know how you could have any successful relationships like that. Like you don't, you, you're never really going to know that person. That's so And you're weird. never going to like take the time to, like, that's what's like so fucked. Like now <laughs> my fucking like, my expectation not even my expectation just like my bar is so fucking low because like beneath the ground it's it's beneath the ground it's in a goddamn grave it's a bunker (laughs) yeah she's low it's yeah it's real real low and so now like i like talking about all this shit and like dealing with it like sometimes i get sad like sometimes i have like a hard time and like i need to talk to people but like there's like this inherent fear in me of like, oh, I can't tell the person I'm seeing anything real because they're just gonna like shame me for it or not gonna show up for me or like they're not gonna understand so what the fuck is the point? Like mm-hmm. now I have that in the back of my head of like, <laughs> like I'm really sad right now, but I'm just gonna keep it to myself because I'm used to someone who wouldn't take the time. Yeah, because they, they don't care about yeah. Um, do you think that was solely learned from your previous relationship or do you think that that's a behavior that you learned from other areas of your life or like, was it there before your relationship? If it was, where did it come from? Yeah, that was the end of my question. I don't know if that made sense, but. Well, that was a fantastic question, but, um, I'm going to pause it right there because I'm about to shit my pants. I'm back. How was it? Feeling like a whole new woman. How many times do you poop a day? Today I pooped twice. That's pretty good. Yeah. Honestly, two or three times a day. Oh, that's my, really good. My bowel yeah, movements yeah, yeah. have been like fucking fantastic lately. I think it's because I've been taking probiotics every day. Really? What kind? Like gut health ones. Well, <laughs> I meant like, is it a, is it a yogurt beverage probiotic? No, Are you drinking like kombucha? How big is the pill? Because I've been, I've actually, I have these vitamins I'm supposed to take. I'm supposed to take three pills twice a day, so six pills, and they're like, you know, they're not big honkers, but they're they're close. And I 
every day this week have said, okay, my mission is just to try to take three of them once a day. Like that's my goal. Mm-hmm. And I put one in my mouth and I immediately start gagging <laughs> and then I spit it out. Like I shit you not, it has been brutal. So do you think that I could take those that you're taking? Well, first of all, you have the shittiest gag reflex. <laughs> yeah, it's, this, it's crazy. This, this girl coughs and she'll vomit. <laughs> yeah, it's happened in Lauren's cousins, her other cousin on the other side of her family, in her car. It was so funny. In the middle of the Bay Area on a main street, literally driving down. (laughs) Downtown. People were, like, sitting in tables on the sidewalk. Yeah, like, picture, okay, picture this. Small street, okay, you know, small town, small main street. Outside tables that are, like, you could reach out and touch the table, basically, from the car window. I start coughing. Everyone's, like, laughing at me. And all I'm thinking is, no, no one understands what's about to happen. <laughs> and I just rolled down the window, and the majority of the vomit made it outside of the car, so that was good. As in, like, literally on, on the, the car. car. <laughs> but, like, not on in the, the car. Yeah, there was some on the, like, near the handle inside of the car, and a lot of my hands. And I just, yeah, I just projectile vomited next to people, just, like, hanging out and eating breakfast. <laughs> Anyways, um, enough about poop and vomiting. <laughs> so yeah, pills. So I have. Let me let me give some tips here. My if you have life, a pooping problem, oh my gosh, Lauren has had some pooping problems. Why let me are tell we still you. Talking pooping. I'm talking about taking pills. Oh, now. I thought you were about to say your entire life you've had some poop problems. Okay. I'm sweating so much. <laughs> I'm not even hot. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Give your health speech. <laughs> this is not a health speech. This is just a. I, like, my whole life couldn't take, like, couldn't swallow pills. Like, that shit would not go down. I know it's, like, a mental thing. I just couldn't do it. And I figured out a life hack. So, the probiotic pill I take is, like, this big. Can you guys it's like It's, like, it's an, an inch. Because <laughs> so massive. Um, like and what I do is I like put the pill in my mouth. I turn my head sideways and I drink out of like my sink. Mm. Does that make sense? And yeah. then like, I like, for some reason I don't feel it. Mm. And so I just like fill it up and I swallow and like, it's so much easier. I don't know why. That could be good for me because if I do vomit, I'm already in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, that's my pro tip. Okay. Maybe another time you can share your poop story about your trip. I have ended up in the ER because of my pooping problems. <laughs> um, okay, we were, my question was to you was, so your previous relationship, you were talking about how because of the way that your boyfriend reacted when you would try to tell him something like that was going on with you, like something sad, something important, he would just kind of be like, why are you sad? I don't get it. Why are you talking to me? I don't want to hear about it. And now it's made you kind of reluctant to tell other people about the hardships that are, that you're experiencing in your life. So was that something that was learned purely from your previous relationship or was it there before? Um, I think we both know that like it was there before to a certain extent. Like I've always had a hard time talking about shit, um, which I think was, that's like a, probably like a learned thing from like my childhood, like my parents didn't really ever talk about things and like withheld a lot of emotional stuff from me. And so I think that like was like, it was just like a norm, like, oh, you're sad, like keep it to yourself kind of thing. Um, And then once like I got to like high school and like shit got real, you know, like I like was dealing with 
a lot of trauma. I wasn't processing it well. Like I was like acting out, you know, like I was a very, I was a little, not a head case. I was just like a, you know, I was a tough teenager. Mm. Um, and like, I started to go therapy and like, there was like, well, you went through all this shit. You need to like talk about it. And that was really my first time. And this is like 16, 16 years old. This is like the first time I've ever like talked about anything real. Like, and it was just like a very new concept for me. So over the past, like however many years I've worked on that a lot where it's like, okay, yeah, like something has happened. You should be like, I should be able to trust the people around me enough to like talk to them. And I've gotten a lot better at it. But then when you, when your default is like, I like I default to wanting to hold things in and not tell anyone. And then you get into a relationship where like that kind of solidifies that default. Mm. Then I think it kind of like, like reverses a lot of shit in your brain of like, oh, well, I thought that this was a safe space. I thought that talking about this was a good thing, but I guess it's not. Like you, you second guess, like I second guessed myself a little bit. Um, and then I think like anyone, you get out of like a toxic relationship. There's a lot of things that you like hold on to, not because you want to, it's just kind of, that's what you had grown used to. So I think I got used to having someone who, who was there for me for a lot of it. And then by the end wasn't. And so like that part where he wasn't like, that is what my brain is holding on to. Cause it's afraid of that happening again. And I think I'm like, it's like a, just a defense mechanism. Like, well, someone did this to me once. Why, why not? Like, why would it not happen again? But then I've also had a lot of incredible people in my life, including guys who have like showed me that, no, that's like the stupidest shit ever. Like yeah. you can talk to me about anything. Like I'll show up for you. Like I'll be there for you. I have your back. And so I think that even though when I was going through this, I had those people and that helped a lot. And so I know at the end of the day, no, like I, I should be able to talk. I should be able to talk about my feelings or what happened. And I should, like, I need to allow myself to trust these people in order to do so. Right. It's interesting because I feel like you've spent more of your life in that kind of, you know, I'd call it like a grippy state. The grippy is the, you're kind of gripping onto the things that happened to you and have happened to you and you know, not sharing them with others. So you spent more time in that state than you have in the state of, I'm going to try to talk more, you know? Yeah. Cause like recently a lot, I've heard you say, Hey, I know I didn't tell you this, but I, I'm really trying to talk more about what I've been through or what I'm going through and my current feelings. And so like you even apologize. You're like, I'm sorry that I didn't tell you these things. It's just hard, which is interesting in itself. It, now, like, you're apologizing for something that's like hard. It's hard to talk about this stuff. It's not easy for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting. Well, I think I like apologize to you in particular because there's no reason that I shouldn't be sharing these things with you. So it's like if something happens and then the next day you and I are hanging out all day long and we're talking about literally everything and then I just like don't tell you this like one thing that happened to me the day before I'm like well why the fuck did I not tell you that like that's so stupid like I trust you more than anyone and I talk to you about like more than I talk to anyone about like I there's no reason for me not to be sharing these things and so then I'm like oh shit like that was 
kind of a, like a mistake in my head of like, I don't know why I did that. Like it was just like a default thing. Default. Default. Um, I think I read this quote a long time ago. I'm going to butcher it, but it basically was like being close to someone's vulnerability is a luxury. Like being able to have relationships where set like relationships is in friend, family, partner, whatever you want to call it. Um, being in any relationship and any conversation with someone who is willing to open up and be vulnerable, like you better treat that well. Like you better respect that person. You need to respect what they tell you and what they're sharing. It is not something that should be laughed at. Like it is a true luxury. Um, and I think, you know, when you're in a relationship where it's not respected and that's not treated like it's super delicate or and special, then it kind of slaps you in the face. Like, why would you want to be vulnerable if it's not being respected by the other yeah. person? Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's, an, it's an honor. When someone comes to me and they're like, I, like, I need to talk to you. Like, there, this shit's going on in my life. I feel, like, honored that they came to me, that they wanted to open up to me and want me to support them. Like, that's a good feeling, yeah. you know? And that is how it should be. I agree. And it takes a bit to get there. Yeah. Especially with, you know, all this bullshit. Are you referring to bullshit as sexual assault? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I found that, like, in each of my new relationships and friendships, but specifically relationships, you know, with men, um, it's like I have all of these things throughout my childhood and all these traumas that I need to share with them. Mm-hmm. And it's like a okay, when am I going to share it? Because you can't just sit there and I, I can't just tell them everything in a few hours and just dump it on them. Like, that's overwhelming. And so it's this weird thing of, okay, how am I going to spread out my uh, my trauma stories? <laughs> Let's see. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'm like, okay, I've been dating this person for like a month or I've been talking to them for a month. Like, seems like the time to let them know I've been raped. Like, they seem settled into these other traumas. They've they've heard they've the dead dad well. jokes. Yeah. Like... But it's like a weird sort of vulnerability. Like I feel bad and weird that I have this whole checklist of traumas that I <laughs> feel like I need to tell people. Yeah. Cause it's an important thing. Like I want whoever I'm dating to know that there are some things in my life that have kind of made me who I am yeah. or have destroyed parts of me. It's important for them to know. It is important. It's just weird to have it checklist <laughs> like i know it's like after a certain amount of time or like you've been like dating someone or talking to someone you're like hmm like what have i told this person oh yeah like i told them about that one time i told them about that like i guess i still need to tell them about like this one and this one and this one I wonder when that's gonna happen um like you like actively kind of think about it you're like how much do they know how much do they not know yeah. it's kind of like a weird like like oh there's this whole part of my life that they have no idea about. And it's just crazy. I don't know. I also think like I define or not define, but I remember kind of the timeline of my life because of traumas. I'm like, okay, well this event happened, you know, a year after so-and-so died. So it must've been in 2013 or whatever. Um, But for me, I, I've, I've been on a lot of dates. I'm not saying I was a serial dater at one point, but there was, a time where I didn't have a lot of money and I really needed a lot of food. <laughs> so I would, I went on dates like once or twice a week 
for a while just because I'm like, frankly, I need free dinner. And one of the first questions, not first questions, but, you know, kind of an early on question that happens is, you know, either what do your parents do or how many siblings do you have? And that was always hard because like saying what my parents do is not too hard to answer, but saying, do I have any siblings was hard? Cause I'm like, okay, if I see myself having another date with this person, I need to be honest and be like, well, I used to have a brother, but then he died. And then I'm choosing to make that person uncomfortable. Like you don't want to be on a first date with someone. And all of a sudden they're like, well, my brother died when I was young. Like that's a hard thing to say. And then you make the other person uncomfortable. So it was always this choice of, okay, I can either lie to this person and say like, well, I have step siblings now and just leave it at that. Or I can be honest knowing that I'm going to make them uncomfortable and say what's true. But but <laughs> if you do tell them the truth and you get a response that is like very emotionally mature, True. then you might know, okay, That's this valid. is someone that maybe I'm going to go on a second date with. <laughs> That's a good point. So use what we're saying is use your trauma on the first date <laughs> to figure out if this person is worth seeing again. Yes. That's pretty good. Yeah. Honestly, that's... Wow. Yeah. We should copyright that? Trademark that? Patent it? Patent it? I don't think you can patent that. I don't think you can. Seems um, like a software kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> or I remember I've been on some dates where I'll say something like, oh yeah, nope, don't have a brother, he's dead. And they'll be like, dude, me too. And then like... <laughs> <laughs> Immediate bond. <laughs> yeah. The bonding is just crazy. And it's like, dude, are you... I was so worried it's going to make you uncomfortable. And they're like, no, it's totally good. Me too. <laughs> or like other times I give this whole preface of like, okay, so you just asked me a really simple question. That was great. Thank you. Please don't be upset or sad, but like, I don't have... Like half my family died one time. Like <laughs> one time, just just once. Well, you know, the chips. Like I said earlier, I've already cashed in <laughs> or not cashed in my my trauma limit. Um, hopefully, it ends there with the family deaths. Whoa! Knock on wood. Yeah, Jesus, please, no more dead people in our family. Well, it's inevitable, but you know. Well, let's just take this time and do little life updates. <laughs> oh. Well, they don't even know anything. So updates are not updates. It's just us telling them things. Them as in the whoever <laughs> listens to this. Yeah, but this is me saying life updates for you because I haven't given you my life updates. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> I haven't gotten a good old life update from Lauren in like two weeks. Oh, well, I'll just do like the near past life updates. Okay. We don't, we don't have time for the, all the life updates. Okay. Um, but this is just like relevant. That'll be an off the record thing. The full life update will be off the record. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, but yeah, this is relevant because like I've been hooking up with someone new. <laughs> crazy. Crazy, crazy. Crazy, crazy. And then there's that like inevitable conversation of like, you have to, you don't have to, but kind of explain why physical intimacy like makes you nervous. Did we really talk about this? We I think we it. started, but I don't think we, yeah, just keep going. Um, yeah, so sex and all that comes with it can make me nervous and can be hard for me sometimes, especially with new people. Um, and so 
I don't know. I mean, you and I were talking about this in the bathroom last night. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah, we were. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I just haven't basically not necessarily wanted to have sex. Like, I just haven't, like, been, like, really in the mood. And I've been, like, seeing this person for, like, a few weeks. But I've known them for a while. So it's not like they're, mm-hmm. like, a brand new person in my life. Like Not a stranger. Yeah, they're not yeah. a stranger. Like, I've known them for a while. We, like, started hooking up a few weeks ago. But, like, I just, for some reason, I'm, like, I just don't want to have sex. And I feel, like, bad about it because, like, you know, it's not that it's, like, a requirement, but it kind of feels like it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's, like, well, you start seeing someone, you guys are sleeping in the same bed together, like, and you're not having sex, like, and you're 23 years old. Like, what? Like, why? Like, yeah. like what are you doing? Um, and so I've been feeling, like, kind of weird and, like, bad about it. And so, I don't know, like, last night me and Shannon were talking, and she was just like, oh, we'll just, like, have a conversation with him about it. And just be, like, just be honest. Like, he already knows about, like, our trial and, like, things like that um, because, like, he's a friend of ours, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so just, like, be, like, just, like, have a conversation. And so, like, last night I did, I was like, hey, like, I just want you to know that, like, physical stuff can be really hard for me. It's not that I don't want to do it. It's just, I get really nervous and I just get really anxious. It's not that like I'm uncomfortable, like, or I don't trust you. It's just like, I do kind of like get tense and like can't relax and like things like that. And like, of course, like he responded, like he responded so well. He was just like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. Like, and we like talked through it and he was like, I'm so sorry, like, if I ever, like, but that's the thing, is he kept apologizing, he was like, I'm so sorry if, like, I've ever, ever pressured you, you or, like, yeah. made you, like, feel that way, or, like, made you nervous, and, like, all this stuff, and it's, like, this weird thing of, like, it's not your fault, I don't know how to explain it, but it's not your fault, like, I'm sorry, yeah. like, it's, like, but you hate, I, I don't want to be like, it's not you, it's me, but, like, <laughs> it really is, like, it's, like, he has done nothing wrong, he's not, like, ever pressured me, there's been, like, that, like, societal pressure that I've felt of, like, oh, I should sleep with him right now, Mm-hmm. Not because he's the one that's, like, making right. me feel like I need to. It's just, like, I'm, like, the situation. Oh, the situation. Like, I should sleep with him. And he was just, like, so constantly, like, worried that he had done something wrong. Oh. And it was, like, so sad. I was, like, you haven't done anything wrong. Like, I swear to God. And then, like, this morning, we, like, wake up. And I, like, he's, like, he's, like, just, like, staring into the space. <laughs> and I'm, like, hey, like, what are you thinking about? Face where the wall meets the ceiling. Yep. My favorite spot to, to stare. <laughs> we can get into that one later. Yeah. Um, but I was, like, hey, like, what are you thinking about? And he was just, like, I just can't stop thinking. <laughs> what you thinking about? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Men's favorite question. Babe, babe, what are you thinking? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> um, he's staring... At the ceiling. He's just, like, staring at space. Okay. And, and like, you say, I'm like, yeah. what are you thinking? Like, what are you thinking about? And he's like, I'm thinking about our conversation we had last night. I'm like, oh, what about it? And he was like, I'm just so worried. Like, I'm so worried that, like, I don't know. Because, like, we have had sex. So, like, I'm just, like, worried that, like, I pressured you somehow. Or, like, I did this. And, like, I remember, like, like afterwards, <laughs> I have a Garmin watch. <laughs> and... Garmin's like they like track all your shit like just like an Apple Watch, right? And my Garmin goes off like after we had sex, and it was like, relax reminder, like you seem stressed out right now. And he like I guess saw it, and he was like he brought it up. He was like, 
I don't know, like we had sex and like now, like now you're mentioning how you've just been like really nervous and on edge. And then like your like watch went off saying that you needed to like chill the fuck out. And like, I'm just like, like, I'm just so worried. Like I like, and I'm like, I don't like, what do I even say? It's like, how do you how get them do you, to not worry? Yeah. And you can't. And then there's that like other layer of it where it's like, well, I went down this rabbit hole a little bit and now like. I feel like they're never even going to make a move on me anymore. Because yeah, because they're, they're worried so... that you're just going to be like, holy shit, I was raped one time, and you're going to be brought back every time. Yeah. And so now I'm like, well, like, I, like, if I'm comfortable with a guy, yeah, like, I love, like, like, grab me and push me up against the wall and kiss me, like, oh. whatever, you know? Like, I like, Spicy. like, fun stuff like that, but now I'm worried that, like, oh, we had this conversation, and now he's going to be too scared mm-hmm. to, like kind of, like, take control or, like, initiate anything because I was, like, yeah, like, I get uncomfortable and nervous, and so now he's, like, gonna be too worried about making me uncomfortable or nervous or, like, feeling like he's, like, pressuring me, and so it's, like, this, like, weird, like, fine line of, like, how do you make them understand that, like, you want them. (laughs) It just, like, takes time, and, like, you don't want them to be scared of you. Like, it seems like they, like, get, like, scared of you almost where they're, like, yeah, I don't know. I think... I mean, something that has helped me in the past, it's not perfect. Well, okay, a few things. One, it's a good sign that their immediate response is wanting to make sure you're safe. Like, that's a good thing. It's a far better response than just like, okay, let me know if anything goes wrong. Like, that's not enough. (laughs) Just let me know. (laughs) Let let me know. Um, I think something that's helpful is, so when you're having sex, you should be in tune not only with what you're feeling, but what the other person is feeling as well. And sometimes it's hard because, you know, your eyes are closed or whatever. But something that you can tell them is like, hey, it's, it's not the same every time. But if I start like freezing up, if I'm not giving you any other physical like reinforcements, like if, if I'm not touching you or something, maybe that's a sign of like something's about to happen or, you know, those sort of physical signs like those physical warning signs I guess that maybe you can tell them so that they can just know that that's coming and also to really drill it into their head like really drill it in of like well I think it's hard for guys to understand kind of female hormones like they don't really get those I don't fucking understand female (laughs) hormones (laughs) I don't think that you know men really get random feelings of just like, I'm going to start crying. I don't think they get those, like, I want to have your babies. Like (laughs) they they don't have those extreme hormonal things that women have. So this overwhelming feeling all of a sudden of a flashback to being raped is hard for them to understand that it can just like come out of the blue and just be random. Um, So really drilling into their head of like, this is a physical response to a previous traumatic experience. And, you know, body remembers trauma. It is something that you cannot always really see coming and it comes on randomly. And maybe you ask them like, hey, have you ever just cried randomly and you don't know why? That's the same thing as a trauma response. Like you don't know why, it just happens. And so when it does happen, give them the tools to help you too. Um, I've had conversations in the past where I'm like, I just literally need to sit there and cry. Like I need Mm -hmm. to sit there and I need to shake and I don't want you to like, excuse me, sorry, burp. (laughs) Um, I don't need you to hold me, but just maybe put a hand on my shoulder and just leave it at that. Like tell them what to do 
when it happens, like after, like how can they help you after? Because once they understand that there's really no way to prevent it and it's just going to happen sometimes, give them the tools so that they can feel like they're at least helping afterwards. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Okay. Okay. What? Why are you going to look like that? No, like, yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's really great advice. It's probably like definitely like easier said than done as is yeah. anything. I think that like, it can be hard to tell or like for me, it's just like, I just need to like listen to my body. And if like, I'm like, I'm tensing up right now. I'm not feeling great right now. I just need to be like, yo, stop. We need to stop. But like, right. it can be hard to do that because it's then you feel bad. Then you're yeah. like, well, fuck. Like I like, like, yeah, I'm not allowing them to like enjoy it and like finish and you know yeah but it takes two to tango sex is a two-person thing yeah and i think for most men men tend to notice that i said men not boys men Men. i think (laughs) during sex do get more enjoyment when their partner is enjoying themselves too and so if you're sitting there like not having a good time. <laughs> Hopefully they'll fucking notice that shit. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes they don't. Like, sometimes yeah. it just feels so good for them that they don't even notice. But ideally, they would notice. And they would be like, whoa, wait. No. Red light. Red light. Maybe even a safe word. Maybe that's a good thing. Do you have a safe word? No. Oh. I do not have a safe word. Hmm. But I just was thinking that that could be good. Um, do you have a safe word? No. Okay. I feel like that's like something you have if not me like eh, you might have if you're in a relationship. Eh. Mm. Or maybe you just your relationship's just so strong that you can be like, yo, stop. No, I think I, I still get nervous to like say things like that. Hmm. Um and it's not really a them thing, it's a me thing. And I think it's just a history of people responding not even poorly it's more about how i think they will feel than it is about how they really respond it's actually it's just straight up me projecting onto them (laughs) yeah how self-aware of you thank you i kind of want to move off the sex topic okay i don't know how long we've been doing this for 59 minutes and 32 seconds Okay, Frank, I feel like this could be a good place to stop. This could be a good place to stop. Yeah. I feel like we need, like, an ending. Thanks for listening to our podcast, guys. <laughs> um, Tune in next time, and you can listen to us talk about more random ass shit. Yeah, um, thanks for listening to our first official episode. Hope y'all enjoyed. I'm just, like, this is kind of fun. I feel like Lauren and I have tried to sit down and do this actually a few times, and it's been kind of hard. Um, talking in front of a microphone is challenging, but... I enjoyed I had a good time tonight. I hope yeah. you did. Yeah. And I hope anybody listening got at least something from this podcast. <laughs> I don't know what. If anything, maybe it's a take your probiotics or if, you have, to, yeah, if you have to swallow <laughs> pills, swallow them sideways while drinking from the sink. Yeah. yeah. It works, guys. I'm telling you. Cheers. Cheers. Peace out, y'all. You.